We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Both hands. Let's ride. Both hands. Let's ride. Both hands. Let's ride. Mike Dub. Let's ride. Hell is smooth though. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Guilty as Charged podcast. As you can see, we are resting two of our starters today. It's <laughs> not something that the Chargers decided to do, but we'll get to that at some point. Um, Alex is packing. Steven is sick. So it's just Arjun and I today. Arjun, man, how are you? Doing all right. Uh, first Chargers game back in Michigan, and I got to say it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> kind of what I wanted it to be. Um, I'm sure we'll get we'll talk more about it, but uh but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad we got into the playoffs, like relatively healthy. But obviously, the big, the big fish is a, uh, you know, a little is limping right now. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that. I do want to start today's show. We do have to talk about the Brandon Staley experience today because there are definitely some things to discuss. <laughs> yeah, but I want to start with the positives because, like you said, the Chargers are the fifth seed in the postseason, which no qualifiers is outstanding i mean outside of winning the division this is literally the best they could have had after that and the chargers are there despite being a very injured beat up team yes they did lose today yes they did get tons of help but they did make the fifth seed and they have a game in jacksonville next week so that is huge yeah i mean i I completely agree they making the playoffs obviously with the super injured roster should is an accomplishment in itself they were pretty much on a huge win streak heading into this week and like I, I don't know if they were trying or like i mean it did seem like they were trying playing all the starters and it didn't look great from the defensive side of the ball but offense they look great so i i do feel confident about their chances going to jacksonville even without mike williams but um i think for the most part it, it comes down to herbert and herbert's looked great since the chiefs game and i i i think outside of the colts game where i could i think he was uh I think his production, just his play overall, was hurt by pressure, uh, mm-hmm. quick pressure especially. I think he's been great in almost every single game. He hasn't been the reason we've lost games. He's been the reason we've we've won games, um, and you know he's really kept us in a lot of games. So I think, you know, Herbert's been great, and I think again the Chargers only go as far as he takes them. So um, I, I feel I feel pretty good about the Chargers going to the playoffs. Obviously, we'll discuss what happens today. 
Yes, we definitely will. Right now, you know, Justin Herbert, who has passed Joe Marino, or no, Joe Marino, Dan Marino, <laughs> Joe Lombardi, for the uh, most touchdowns through three seasons, I believe, is, is the record. So fantastic there. People were concerned that, you know, they'd pull an Anthony Lynn and not let Herbert get the uh, the touchdowns or the record. Uh, it turns yeah. out they did the opposite and they, they kept him in. But two touchdowns this game, two touchdowns last game. If you're really talking about momentum and looking for positives in this game heading into the postseason, it really is the way the offense, at least in terms of the the quarterback and the coordinator, I feel like I've played the last couple of weeks or obviously called plays the last couple of weeks. 31 points last week, 28 today, albeit one of them was you know a Chase Daniel touchdown, um, which was cool, I guess. That happened today. But it really feels like if you're looking at the way the calls are being called and the way the quarterback is trying to execute those calls, it looks fantastic. Yeah. The Chargers only scoring 20 with Herbert today was not one second because of Justin Herbert. It was because of, you know, two fumbles, two drops on third down, two drops where, you know, Herbert hit him right in the hands. Oh. Granted, you know, Carter's catch yeah. was a bit more difficult, but like got to make that. You, you got to make those plays exactly. You got to make those plays and in the postseason, you know, one loss in your route. So those plays matter. Uh, but just looking at the way Justin Herbert performed, it was outstanding. I thought just like last week, you know, everyone was saying, you know, oh, did Brandon Staley get in Joe Lombardi's ear? Did, did Brandon Staley make Lombardi make these calls? The calls were exactly the same overall to me. You didn't see anything all that different. You still saw a toss. You still saw screens. You still saw play action. You saw basically the same things. You even yeah. saw a stick a couple of times. It's just the way that they're called, maybe some of the dressing. Um, of course, execution has been better the last couple of weeks. Um, the offensive line has been better. But it feels like the timing you know, has been better. It's less awkward, less clunky. Mm -hmm. So with Herbert, and yes, with the way the calls are being called, you know, if you can get me in six-ish quarters, you know, 31 points one week, 20 the next week, and really 28 if you include Jason Daniel, like that's pretty solid. Like six quarters of Justin Herbert football, you get 51 points. It's not great, you know, but something like that can get you in the postseason, especially if you play, you know, another quarter and a full game. Yeah, and I think the thing to note is like the Jags offensively haven't been good for like at least a month, like or at least since the Cowboys game. The Jets game on prime time, like that, that's a very tough matchup. They didn't, you know, put up many points, only scored 19 points. Um, I think Lawrence was great in that game, but again, the production at the end of the day is what you're kind of like evaluating. They just haven't been that impressive to me. Like they were low-key in a dogfight with Houston last week. Lawrence didn't have that great of a game. And then this past week, I mean, everyone could see like Lawrence struggled here and there missing on a couple of throws. So, you know, on one hand, we have Herbert kind of like just peaking, peaking, ascending right now, getting healthier, getting his guys back. And Lawrence is kind of on the downturn or just he hit his peak and it feels like he, mm. he hasn't been able to get above that yet. So again, I think the Chargers for the most part with Lombardi and Herbert have found a groove when all of their guys have been healthy um offensive line was pretty good today uh especially mm -hmm. in pass pro i don't think herbert was hit very often or sacked very often and yeah it just comes down to cleaning up the mistakes like i again herbert hasn't really made many mistakes uh again the titans interception was pretty much the only interception where i could really say it was on mm -hmm. him right and it, that one was definitely on him but like the colts interception was it was really just off everett and again like everett had a another like bad drop today which could have resulted in a first down so Again, it, like everyone who watches the Chargers understands that their production comes because of Justin Herbert. Yeah. And usually, not all the time, but usually when it fails, it's not because of Herbert. 
And like, that's not me being a homer. That's just, if you watch like the games, you'll see he is making these tight window throws that very few quarterbacks can make and it's being dropped and it's wide open balls are being dropped. So that kind of just, you know, that kind of just sums up the season for the Chargers that Herbert does a lot of things right. And it just gets less, let's down by, he gets let down by supporting cast. And even today is the, the defense allowing, you know, 30 plus points to Russell Wilson with pretty much everyone healthy and starting. I mean, that's like almost like unacceptable. Yeah, that was definitely the low light just for Justin Herbert final box score. You know, I'm surprised that he had at least 38 drop packs, 37 attempts. And then of course sacked once was super clean. I don't recall a turnover worthy play. I recall, mm-hmm. honestly, I, I don't know how Pro Football Focus charts big time throws, but like that third of Donald Parham, which I don't think was a, a, a far throw by any means, but it was a perfect placement on that one to, of course, a tight end who's, you know, six nine was fantastic. Rolling right to DeAndre Carter. Like that was a basically a perfect ball. You can't do any better than that. But of course, Carter drops it and he looked really good. Um, I don't recall an instance where I was like, ah, I don't know if Herbert should have thrown that or Mm -hmm. he just seemed like he was on the entire game so you know if the the team was looking for momentum and that's why they played some starters or all of their starters i should say heading into the postseason then you can feel good outside of the you know austin eckler fumble the deandre carter fumble you can feel about where this you can feel good about where this offense is going moving forward yeah i mean you i I totally forgot about the deandre carter fumble that was like that one the chargers could have easily got seven more points on that drive so Mm -hmm. there was a lot of missed opportunities i think left on the play today and again you have to clean those up before you play jacksonville because you don't know what trevor lawrence you're going to get if you get the bad lawrence you can get away with scoring 23 points like you do against the dolphins and, and win that game but if you get cowboys lawrence or ravens lawrence like he's beaten good defenses before then mm-hmm. you have to be on your A game. And again, I, I expect Herbert to be on that A game. It's everyone else that I'm a little bit worried about. And if, if Mike's not able to go, I DeAndre Carter as wide receiver three does worry me a little bit. Yeah, definitely a surprise. Not a surprise because they've been doing it. But dressing four wide receivers when all four of your receivers have been banged up this year, some longer than others, some for just yeah. you know in-game issues, some one-game issues. But of course, you have Keenan on, you have Mike Williams who have not been healthy this year who haven't stayed healthy this year, despite coming back sometimes um, to only address four is, is a bit concerning heading into the postseason because I mean, you might, you might be down to three all of a sudden you might be down to two all of a sudden and granted you can't always prepare for those things. You know, you can dress six and lose four in the same game, but only having four when you have a receiving core that's been so banged up is a bit puzzling. So if Mike Williams plays next week against the Jaguars, I could still see them dressing five just because of like an, an insurance policy, I suppose. I don't think you can rely on him to be out there the entire time. Um, I know there's a report that there was, you know, I think Pro Football Doc, um, who yeah. used to work for the Chargers, <laughs> he had his report that it was something back potentially related. Um, if you guys in the chat have that or if RGV had that in front of you, that'd be great. Yeah. I literally just got home. Um, but so it's they seem to think it's, he can make it for the postseason. It's just a back issue that he'll have to work through. Um, I know Jamison Omar, who's been our guest on our show a couple of times, who's talked about it. He thought it was a back thing as well. So we'll see. When it init- initially happened, I didn't think much of it. But then you see that that tunnel video that yeah. they had where he was in the tunnel and like he could barely move. And granted, like back injury, no joke. Of course, it's going to be really, really painful. But I mean, it just didn't look good. So we'll see. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend like I know what happened, but 
didn't look great. If you have any update, Arjun, or if you know what that report is, yeah, uh, feel free to share it. it. Uh, Len said it in the chat, but it was a back hip contusion with possible back spasms. That's what pro football doc. The, okay, so also the thing with this guy, I know a lot of people hate him because of what he did with the Chargers. This report isn't just him. It's a panel mm -hmm. of doctors. Yeah. So again, I'm always for wisdom of the crowd. And if a bunch of people are saying this, that you know, obviously have way more expect expertise in this field than I mm -hmm. do, I'm going to choose to believe it, even if even if it is bad news or good news, in this case, it is good news. They said, mm -hmm. despite video of him limping into the locker room, William should not be hampered in the playoffs, according to our panel of doctors. So I think he should be fine. Obviously, you know, we've heard kind of like Staley or even Anthony Lynn say like, oh, this is an injury that if it was a must win game, he could have come back in the game. I don't think that's the case with back spasm. That's like a very, very painful thing. But I think with around the clock treatment heading into a playoff game, he doesn't. I don't think he really needs the reps anymore. He's been healthy for weeks now. I think, you know, that is a case where you can get him, you know, you can just get him back treatment all week and, and hopefully get him as healthy as possible heading into the playoffs. Yeah, as far as the reports go, like you said, I don't know anything. You know, you and I aren't, aren't here to diagnose these things. So we'll take that report. <laughs> we'll work with it for now as if it is true. I'm sure we're going to hear that he's day to day and they're taking it day to day. That could be, you know, he's back in one practice. He could be back in 10 practices. I don't know. Um, but I, I, we'll just roll with it. I feel like that's positive, all things considered, because I really felt like once they were helping him off the field, that it was going to be really serious. Now the cart, you know, people are bringing up the cart in the chat. Like, it could be interpreted one of two ways. And I think it's really the lesser of two evils in this regard. I think it's just, hey, we have a cart. You can use the mm -hmm. cart. You don't have to walk. And that's really what I felt like it was. But still, the optics in the middle of that game were not great. Um, and as far as optics go, I guess we can get into it. It wasn't really great seeing the the starters be out there for as long as they were. Um, I understand, again, why you would want them to go out there for a couple series, a quarter even. Like, I know it's, it's tough. You can't just end things at the quarter, obviously. But, you know, you want to try to get your guys out there for about a quarter. And when Justin Herbert goes touchdown on the first drive, you could argue mm -hmm. his defensive pass interference should have been on Mike Williams' the second drive, but then touchdown again on the third drive. You go two for three for touchdowns in Denver. Looks absolutely clean. Line plays great. I believe at the time the run game was looking good. Everyone was catching everything. Like at that point, I feel like you could pull some guys. They didn't, and not only did they not pull any offensive guys, they didn't pull any defensive guys unless they were you know hurt. Mm -hmm. And they played those guys for about three and three and a quarter quarters i suppose a little bit into the fourth quarter um and then keenan allen got a couple he got a touchdown from chase daniel um, <laughs> because they didn't have enough receivers yeah. dressed so keenan allen had to be in so just overall before i get into my thoughts like what was your reaction to seeing the chargers be out there and have their starters out there for so long yeah i mean i hated it <laughs> i was i wanted them <laughs> to do what the bucks did today where you mm -hmm. play your, your starters one and a half quarters and then they're out that's what the Bucks did. They let Brady go down first drive, touchdown, second drive, uh, some, uh, something, and then punt, third drive, field goal, and then they're done. You've seen enough. You've again, Herbert's been playing great ball. Keenan's been playing like I've gave so much. I gave a lot of shit to Keenan after the Raiders game, but he's stepped up in a huge way mm -hmm. since then. Like you don't need to see him in these type of games. You don't need to see Mike Williams in these type of games. I would have let them rest after the second touchdown. Now, I don't know again what the reasoning is. I don't I haven't seen Popper or anyone tweet about Staley's press conference, but I was also equally as disappointed and just 
like baffled why they they're so insistent on only uh activating four receivers for the game i don't i'm not a, the biggest michael bandy fan i don't think he's that great but come on like especially in this game where you know at some point you're gonna have mm-hmm. to rest people if you and i mean if you don't come into a plan trying to rest players in this game then again i don't know what the personnel decisions are but if you don't come into this, you come into this game with four receivers, one goes down, you're forced to play Keenan Allen. Unless you run 12 personnel the rest of the game, you have to play Keenan Allen. Whereas if you if you activate Michael Bandy and you sit someone like Larry Roundtree, who you you know, who doesn't really matter, or I guess like you need three running backs. It's, it's comp like there's other moves to be made where you could have activated Bandy because you need five receivers. Like if you're gonna sit Keenan Allen, but again, you're putting Keenan at risk, like he's he's catching screen passes in the fourth yeah. quarter. That's how Mike <laughs> got hurt. Yep. Like that's mm-hmm. that's just like not it's not smart. And again, they're very fortunate that you know Mike's really the only major injury that they saw that you know got whoever got hurt. Mm-hmm. But again, it comes back down to activating four receivers on game day. And this has been something we've been saying, I feel like since week one. So again, personal decisions have kind of just been confusing ever since Staley took over. I think he's done a lot of great things as a coach. This is like one of the things I've never really understood about him. Yeah, definitely funky for sure. As far as before the game, the Ravens Bengals game really, you didn't really know that the Ravens are going to lose to about five minutes left in that game. So as far as activations and them doing this as a dress rehearsal, everyone that's going to play in Jacksonville, you know, is basically up and active as long as they're healthy. Totally get that. Like not seeing Isaiah Spiller, of course you'd want to see him, especially in in a meaningless game. But they wanted to take, treat this as a dress rehearsal, and like he doesn't play special teams for them apparently, so he wasn't active. So from that perspective, I get it. Everything else after that was a bit of a disappointment for me because, I mean, we saw it almost consecutively. It was well, first we saw it in the Bengals game, right? Like they were playing their starters because they had to, and in the span of about five ten minutes, it felt like you know Boyd got hurt, Higgins got hurt, although they both mm-hmm. returned. Alex Kappa got hurt, and then Cam Sample all got hurt in that game. And I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen for the Chargers today. And of course, in like the you know end of first quarter, second quarter, whatever it was, oh okay, Joey's hurt. Oh, okay, Kenneth Murray has a stinger. Oh, Mike Williams is carted to the locker room. It's like, whoa, what are we doing here? And yeah. you know, at that point, like if your plan was to go into the half, and then you're going to pull your starters. I could like that was like the last line of defense for me. For me, when it really all just broke down and where it really felt like the internet was breaking down because they were everyone was criticizing this is in the second half. Once you're in the third quarter of a meaningless game, like okay, you go into the game, you're on the field, maybe you're locked in, you play your guys, you go to halftime. Okay, Bengals definitely won. It's halftime. You know, offense looks good, defense have been playing okay up to that point. Okay, like everyone's sitting you know as best we can but for them to have continued to have guys out there you know and watch guys take hits and i believe we lost mike williams in the third quarter if i'm not mistaken yeah the second quarter no no, second okay second quarter after watching those injuries i felt like that would have been the great time to pull the guys like whatever your plan was (laughs) after watching bosa kenneth murray and mike williams go down granted two of them even two and a half of them seem to be okay i think okay you know what let's stop taking what was the most injured roster in the league two weeks ago. Let's stop chancing fate. Let's stop tempting fate. Let's stop, you know, playing with fire here and throwing mm-hmm. our guys in. But instead it's like, oh, Herbert, unnecessary roughness, free shot to his rib cage. And it's like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into this too much. Um, Len gives us an update here about Mike Williams. 
from Daniel Popper. He said, Mike Williams had to be helped out of the locker room to the bus, could not walk on his own. I, I don't know if that changes anything regarding you know what people are thinking about the back injury. I assume if it really hurt 30 minutes ago, it probably still hurts and he still needs help. The, you know, so yeah. it's not like it's going to go away today. But you know, this is where we're at. Um, and again, like having Mike Williams out there, some guys that are banged up, taking shots like that or have been banged up this year, not great. Not great at all. Um, there was a comment said uh i think it was by space trooper said it's it's feeling like staley wanted 11 wins on his resume more than player safety uh look space trooper the the chargers win total before the season was 10 and a half and they've gone under for the second straight year under brandon staley usually a decent way to measure how successful a coach or gm has been is literally just looking at how often they go over or under their win total right like before this year mike rabel had gone over his win total every single year Brandon Staley's 0-2 right now. So I'm not saying they look at things like that. I just thought that was a funny comment. But yeah, I don't, again, I don't really know what the incentive was to play people to try and win this game. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely a moment where I could put on the tinfoil hat and be like, because I, I even tweeted it jokingly, like, you know, 11 wins looks a lot better than 10 wins. You know, 11 wins looks like two more wins than last year. Um, so I could put mm-hmm. on the tinfoil hat there. I'm going to choose not to. Um, this isn't the first time that Brandon Staley has done this this year. So it's not like this is a new thing. We saw him against Jacksonville. Um, and again, they were more banged up with a worse offensive line where Herbert was far more injured and they were losing guys left and right. They still kept Herbert out there in the fourth quarter, which again, he says that Herbert wants to stay out there with his guys. He's going to be out there with his guys. I get it. Being out there, being tough is kind of like a Chargers quarterback legacy, but yeah, they did have the opportunity to pull him. And they didn't, you know, so I can't even really give them like the benefit of the doubt here because we've seen it against Jacksonville. You know, 38 to 10 loss, still rolling those guys out there, still letting Herbert get hit. I forget how many, you know, pressures or hits there were that game, um, but it was quite a bit. So, not great. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to go to as far as to say that like Staley put his guys out there to try to pad his win total. Um, I know some people will definitely go <laughs> that direction. Um, I, I, <laughs> you might be 100% right, but I, I, I choose to not go the tinfoil hat route just yet. Yeah, I don't right. know. Maybe Arjun, you do. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just pointing out that. Uh, last because last week I said Chargers over 10 and 10 and a half wins is back on the table but you know mm-hmm. I didn't realize they were gonna you know move to underdogs in this game and everything so right it's whatever we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. So what I think is really worth discussing, I know, again, everyone wants to talk about 
the positives of the Chargers going into the postseason, but they did they did lose this game. And I do want to talk about not the reason they lost, but certainly, I mean, I guess it really is the reason they lost. It's the defense. And part of me wants to not put any stock into this because it was it literally a meaningless game where mm-hmm. it seemed like Bryce Callahan would have been healthy, but they decided to have Jaw Taylor out there. And of course, in the fourth quarter, and maybe a bit earlier than that for some players, they were pulling some players. So it's not like from start to finish, 460 minutes, the starting defense for the Chargers was out there. Nor do I feel like Brandon Staley went through his usual designer blitz packages. Yeah. Didn't seem like anything complex was out there today. But against the Rams, they were the second worst defense, run defense in EPA per play, and the third worst in success rate allowed against the run that game. It really felt like the the Falcons game to me, in a sense, where the box score didn't show as bad as the defense might have played. I mean, thankfully, they got up by 21 points, and so there wasn't a whole lot for the Rams to do at that point. But something was definitely off, and you could see at the beginning of that game. Yeah. Today, you saw throughout basically the entire game. So Russell Wilson finished only 13 completions, 283 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, 118 passer rating. The Denver Broncos rushed for 205 yards, um, including 15 carries for 103 yards, almost seven yards a carry for Latavius Murray. Jerry Judy got three touches today for almost 40 yards. Chase Edmonds, nine carries, 45 yards. So as a whole, if you want to include Russell Wilson rushing, 205 yards, 5.7 yards per carry. But you know, you look at last week, look at the week before, even look against the Titans. Teams are finding ways, and I really thought they exposed this against the Rams really exposed this last week. They're finding ways to get Chargers players to be forced to tackle in the open field, whether that's running, running outside, screens, short passes, whatever. And I feel like that killed them last week and today because they could be consistent throughout the entire game. The Broncos really brought that home on the Chargers. There wasn't a lot the Chargers were able to do. Again, not with their entire defense out there, not with the designer blitz packages I'm used to seeing, but in terms of pure execution and comparing what they've done before, where it was also concerning last week, and then really just looking at the entire season and what's concerned you the entire time, it's a bit worrisome heading into the postseason because the opponent you're about to play is Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jaguars who had a response to every single thing Brandon Staley wanted to do that week. Granted, Joey Bosa got hurt. I believe JC was either in and out of that, or he he, you know, I think he missed that game. He um, missed, he, yeah. yeah, he missed that game, which I don't know if that's better or worse. But <laughs> Doug Peterson had an answer for everything Brandon Staley wanted to do, and there was nothing the defense could do to stop them. On the ground, through the air, nothing. And so coming off of that last game, against the the Rams and what we saw. And then this game here, I'm concerned for the defense heading into the postseason. How do you feel? Um, I'm pretty worried about the run defense. I never really thought it was fixed. Uh, I just think they, they just played some bad rushing offenses. Like I know the Titans have Derrick Henry, but statistically that's not a great rushing offense. They have the worst offensive line in the NFL. Dolphins don't have that great of a rushing attack. Colts don't have that great of a rushing attack. Like, they never really played any great rushing offenses. What I did feel good about and what I tweeted about this past week is the Chargers pass defense has been amazing, right? Number one in EPA per dropback allowed since week nine, which is their bye. And 
like they had limited explosive plays. Like early in the season, I felt like the Chargers couldn't stop the run. And not only were they bad against the pass, they were allowing explosive plays. And that was the one thing that Brandon Staley builds his defense on that you don't allow explosive plays. Now they've been very good at that, I think, since week nine. But today felt like a step back where it was like Jerry mm-hmm. Judy's running wide open down the field, Cortland Sutton running wide open down the field. And it's just like, what's going on? And I do think there's probably some motivation issues there, just like no one really cares about it. Or maybe uh, Justin Alden was actually like scheming guys open. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm not like too worried about the pass defense. Um, I think especially against the Jags, a lot of their stuff is more horizontal than vertical. And it's, it's yeah. more about yak than mm-hmm. like air yards i've like i really trevor lawrence has had some great deep balls here and there but again i feel like it is more of a horizontal offense which is designed to get guys in open space allowing them to make stuff happen after the catch which again is a problem for the chargers and i mean i think michael davis to me has been amazing i think personally he's been the best defender on the team since the bye week i'd be comfortable saying that i don't mm-hmm. think i don't mind that I've at all had, i'd uh, he was, I mean, great today again. I think he had like three or four pass breakups or at least like incompletions forced. On the other side, Asante hasn't been that great. I think to close out the year, he was kind of bad today. Jasir Taylor, I think you brought up a great point in one of your tweets that like teams only, it feels like they only run when he's on the field. But today mm-hmm. the, the Broncos passed and they had, I think it was Cortland Sutton down the field or it might have been Jerry Judy. So Doug Peterson. You know, you ask any smart football guy, will tell you like he is one of the best in the league at like prevent or at attacking opponent weaknesses. So I know Jasir Taylor might be a better run defender than Asante Samuel, but putting him on the field and you line him up against a Christian Kirk or a Zay Jones, like I do think Doug Peterson will try to scheme open some touches for them. And look, mm-hmm. I think Taylor could have a bright future and everything, but as of right now, he is a liability in pass in pass coverage whenever he steps on the field. Yeah, there are so many things Jasir Taylor has done well this year. And even in moments, he almost had a pick six last week against the Rams. There are definitely moments where you can tell, like, this guy has a bright future. He's going to be good in this league. But the whole taking Asante Samuel Jr. off the field thing has been awkward. But they've kind of made it work because they haven't really faced a quarterback who can pick on, you know, Jaw Taylor like that. Or even having receiving weapons that could pick on Jaw Taylor like that. And I believe it was the first time they did it against the Titans. I said, listen, there's a point in the season where somebody smart is going to pick on Jaw Taylor in coverage because that's a sixth round rookie. And all respect to him, he might be an excellent slot corner or mm-hmm. outside corner one day. But if I'm at a point where I can isolate one on one, my best receiver, you know, let's say it's Stefan Diggs in the postseason or it's Jamar Chase, T. Higgins in the postseason, and you want to put out Jaw Taylor against those guys. Fine by me. I won't run it. I'm going to throw it straight at that guy. And today they got him for at least 50. I don't know if there are any others in there um, as, as far as his coverage. I don't know because they're interchangeable, both him and Asante Samuel Jr. So I don't know what the, the numbers were in the end, but someone's going to take advantage of that. And of course today, and it's just Russell Wilson and the Broncos, somebody did. So I think Brandon Sia is playing with fire with that one. Um, Asante Samuel Jr., not a great game. I, I do love your point that Michael Davis has been their best defender since the bye. I don't hate that. If he's not the been, if he's not been the best, he's the second best behind Drew Tranquil, maybe. Um, otherwise, Michael Davis, as far as what he's been able to do week after week after week after week after week, mm-hmm. did he allow a catch today? I don't know. I don't recall if he did or not. Um, I um, certainly, yeah, and at I'm least if me not remembering if he did or not is good. Do you have the numbers in front of you? Um, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay, yeah, no worries. So he's been Michael Davis has been fantastic. So what they do in the postseason, we'll see, but. You know, today, what I want to see the Chargers do 
is you know get the defense out there for a little bit because this is the first time in a while they're playing legit off you know weapons in the nfl mm -hmm. again no offense to the other guys that they faced but like the titans had nobody the colts had nick Foles throwing like this was like the first you know quote-unquote real offense they'd faced in a while granted they're not very good and someone like jerry judy you know i think if you're doug peterson looking at christian kirk then looking at jerry judy you think huh judy yeah. had 154 yards today receiving he had almost 40 yards rushing hmm could i do that with christian kirk against the the chargers next week yeah you bet your ass i'm gonna do that so we'll see how that goes if you have the numbers in front of you go for it yeah so davis got targeted six times allowed two catches for 27 yards um, and a touchdown which i'm not sure which one i can't think of which is one that was the tight end touchdown was not him the well it could have they might have just gave him this the screen pass maybe because it was on his side oh maybe yeah, maybe I, that's lame uh, <laughs> Uh, I can just let me just double check which one it was. It was the touchdown in the fourth quarter. So yeah, I think it was the screen pass, right? Oh, to the the guy who had his first game ever or whatever. Yeah. Um, who like tiptoed down the sideline? Oh, it, it was it was the one in the fourth quarter. So guys, whichever one that is. Um, oh wait, I, I see. It's it's to Cortland Sutton. I can't think of which one that is. Oh. I've yeah. already forgotten the game. Apparently. I'm okay, I can, still, okay. 26 yards great yeah, fine i can give the uh o-line stats also so great. pretty right off the bat very very clean game zion one sawyer one filer one pipkins and lindsley zero another clean slate for lindsley which it feels like he does that almost every it's week disgusting man Corey lindsley has a i think i don't know if you have it in front of you but i think he's like at five pressures allowed the entire season he, he might be he it's might. it's disgusting how good Corey lindsay's been in yeah. terms of pass protection man and then um, he's gonna let's hear it in terms of uh our pass rush bosa five leads the team vinoy four joseph day three mac three kenneth moa and fox two and then hinton just here with one okay so, so joy bosa wait he had five bad. how many snaps did he play <laughs> yeah five <laughs> Five on eleven pass rushes. Oh so my gosh! <laughs> fifty percent, little little fifty percent pre pressure rate, pretty much, which is really nice. My goodness, Joey Buzz has got five already. That's insane. I don't know how many were cleanup, but he had two. some really good yeah. two cleanup. Okay, so three pressures, two cleanup, but still, man, five pressures from a game where he played eleven pass rush snaps. Uh, that's pretty good. That's really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah, Sebastian Joseph Day had an interception, man. Um, was really hoping for a big man return for a you know pick six sort of thing, but you know yeah. can't get everything you want. I guess maybe that would that would have helped to get the starters set for the offense. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, what else did we have today? Kyle Van Noy had his fifth sack in a row after also tipping that pass basically to Sebastian Joseph Day. So another outstanding one from him. Again, a lot of positives. Just going into the postseason, a little bit worried about this defense. Um, mm -hmm. We won't take too much longer on this because you know there wasn't. A whole lot more to talk about because it was just kind of a meaningless game um i'm over the starters you know playing for as long as they were thing at this point it's irrelevant staley was pissed at the presser says get money interesting did you guys see that brennan staley was annoyed at the presser and i'm curious was it because people were asking him why they kept the starters out there or because he thought his defense played bad poorly i don't know we'll see man like i i really have not felt strongly positive about this defense because i feel like it's been fool's gold the last few weeks today is certainly very concerning 
But I mean, we'll see in, in playoffs when everything on, is on the line. Mm-hmm. Can you hold Doug Peterson and the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk to 24? You know, I, I think is, is kind of what we're looking for here, hopefully. So we'll see. Everyone's saying that Steely was very defensive. Uh, interesting. Agitated with questions aimed at him. I, I have to watch it, so I'm not going to like yeah. judge I, him. I mean, after. I don't know what he, did, he was expecting. Player starters. <laughs> Look, Brian Dable sat everyone. He sat Saquon. He sat Daniel Jones, Darius Slayton. He sat a lot of people, Isaiah Hodgins, I think. So, I mean, there is a precedent that if you have your seed locked up and you're not, especially if you're not even playing for home field, you sit your starters, right? So, I mean, he did something out of the ordinary, I think. Yeah. And then again, this was the second time at least that it's happened this year, once against the Jaguars now here. So, I don't know. Well, luckily, guys did get their you know their bonuses. It seemed um, mm-hmm. DeAndre Carter, I believe. I think Everett got his as well with a touchdown catch or at least the yards yeah. from it. Um, let's see. Austin Eckler passed Keenan Allen for most receptions in franchise history. Um, I believe he's now at you know 118 receptions for 42 <laughs> yards, but he's definitely getting there. Um, so that's really good. Hopefully, that picks up in the postseason. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, good for Austin Eckler, man. Like he. I think he's approaching or has passed now 300 touches on the season heading into the postseason, which once again would have been a reason to not play him, but he looks pretty solid today outside of that fumble. He has five fumbles on the season, which isn't great. Um, his career high before that was four. So hopefully mm-hmm. just hopefully just get it out of your system now. Um, but you do worry because last year his fumble started to pick up the more carries it got. Maybe that's a coincidence, but it's also like you can tell the workload is there. Today, you know, passing 300 total touches, got smacked at one point near the red zone. And then later in the game, he you know he fumbles. So I don't know. We'll see. But overall, I don't know. Any any final takeaways from this one? I do want to turn it over to the chat for about five ten minutes. Um, see any questions that they have. But really, any final thoughts on this game overall? Not nah, only thing I can really take away is like Justin Herbert's. I mean, he's he's the guy. So if, if whatever the team goes as far as he takes them, I've said that so many times, but. Again, he played he played great today, and I think uh, it's it's a good thing like seeing him play that way heading into the playoffs on the road. Yeah, definitely. And as far as one, I agree with that because Justin Herbert looked amazing. Two, as far as the injuries go, it seems like the Chargers, at least for playing a whole game, look, we're we've been used to them losing two to three guys per game. If Mike Williams is indeed okay for the postseason, I think you're feeling pretty good, especially on the turf that seemed to make everybody slip, slide, and fall mm-hmm. all over. That seemed really dangerous today. So, you know, overall, even though they played guys for longer than they should have, it seems like they got away with, you know, a, a pretty clean bill of health, I hope. But again, we'll definitely see. Yeah. Alrighty, everyone in the chat for about five, 10 minutes. If you guys have any questions, we'll answer those. Um, a lot of questions about, you know, Mike Williams' health or some other players. I don't really know at this point. You'll have to, I'll have to wait till I'm off the stream to get any of that. Arjun, could you do me a favor just so I can type it into the chat? Could you tell me again the pressures allowed by the offensive line and then the pressures generated? Yeah, pressures allowed. Zion, Filer, and Pipkins all with one. And Lindsley and... and uh... Wait, what did I say? Lindsley and Salyer, zero? Yeah. Lindsley and Pipkins... Zero. Solid yeah, solid was the one. Yeah. Okay, let me just type that in the chat for people that want to know. Again, these are, of course, unofficial, but we appreciate Arjun for getting these in. 
Tinsley, if I can type. So if I'm not mistaken, Trey Pipkins has allowed like two pressures in like four, three, four weeks. I know Steven knows. Steven's in the chat. Steven, type in it. I know you know. Um, but as far as pressures allowed, that's not bad. Any pressures allowed Absolutely by good. tight ends? No, I think it was just the the three by, or there might have been one by the tight ends. So I'll, I might get updated, but just okay. The, Does Zion have a pass blocking efficiency right now? Because with unofficially, um, I don't know if they have yeah. that yet. Yeah, yeah, they have it as, on the season. Oh, on the season, uh, no, nah, it'll be unofficial, so it's like it won't be calculated yet. Okay, what's it today? Just out of curiosity. 98.9 okay so that's really good so yeah because zion's pbe heading into this game was 97 and i think over the last two or three years only like two guards have had a better one rookies mm-hmm. have had a better one playing as many snaps you know at the 50 percent snap cutoff so that's good it's not good compared to the all pros in the league but as far as rookie goes in the rookie curve um not bad great okay mm-hmm. uh c roy is saying that um or croy sorry that Bosa is okay per the Chargers. I don't. I mean, great. If you see something, if anybody sees something in the chat, let me know. Um, it, it really does seem like he's okay. Like of all the guys that were hurt, I mean, Joey Bosa, there was no injury designation. He had his helmet on. Um, it didn't even, you didn't even see a play where he got hurt. He just kind of like called himself off the field, which is good. I'm glad he did that because there was no reason to continue. Um, okay, a couple questions here. One from Gabriel5718. Do you think that the Chargers were using preseason game plans? And did you think the altitude affected our guys? What do you think, Arjun? I don't think the altitude had much of an impact. I mean, they were playing well on offense, defense. Played well at times. It's just, I think, the explosive plays. I don't really know what using the preseason game plan means because they didn't rest any starters. And this was this might have been Joe Lombardi's, like, one of his best games as an offensive coordinator this season. So I definitely don't think it was a preseason game plan. I just... I, again, I don't really know what their offense is at this point, so I'm just going to say if it was good or bad based on production and how it looked and how, <laughs> how key they were. Yeah, potentially. I'm sure it wasn't great to be out there, but yeah, no, I'd agree with you. The only thing that really seemed to get them this time was the run game. Like I think the offense the, moved through the air really well. Mm-hmm. Run game wasn't so great. However, you have you know one four-yard Chase Daniel rush, three Larry Roundtree rushes, uh, which God bless him. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, especially because it's garbage time, he just can't get over 1.6 yards per carry. Uh, I think it was one and a half yards a carry last week, 1.3 this week. Herbert, you know, two carries, negative one yards, but that's, you know, obviously we know why. Uh, but Eckler, 3.1, Kelly, 3.6. Not great, but I never felt like it was detrimental for the team that they weren't running super, super well. Yeah. So Staley said he got pulled out normally. In his press. Let's see. Here we go. Brandon Zale and Joey Bosa. Joey was taken out like the rest of the guys that we were trying to phase out in the game. Was he? Because he was taken out pretty early. Early, yeah. Didn't he didn't play the entire second half pretty much? Okay, sure, Brandon. Um, anything else from Steven written down here? <laughs> Ty is asking, why did we draft Spiller? That's a that's a great question. Uh, next year, I, I really think it's because Austin Eckler was approaching that certain, you know, touches threshold. threshold. Yeah. And at some point, you like you like 
there are very many games and very, there's many moments this season where Eckler maybe hasn't quite been himself. I think the last couple of games, you can see a, a better version of him. And there have been moments where, listen, he's fantastic. And he had 117 receptions. He's, and he had, uh, he didn't score a touchdown today, but he's got, you know, so many touchdowns on the season. But you can tell that maybe there's a chance that things might slip up very soon. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why they drafted Isaiah Spiller. With that said, you'd like to see him contribute at least on special teams, but I, I guess they don't feel that way. So Larry Roundtree is the RB3 through the postseason. Yeah. All right. We'll take one more question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Kevin Kernick points out, Spiller was like 19 when they drafted him. He, I think he just turned 21. Or did he just turn 20? Now I have to look this Probably up. Probably 20. That would be very young. I know some guys are like that. Isaiah Spiller age. So it says 21 in August. Gosh, he's born in 2001. Oh, I'm getting so old. I, mean, I know Arjun's still young, but you know, good for you. <laughs> yeah. Keenan Allen on his reaction to Mike Williams' injury. I didn't know what it was. Still don't really know what it was. I just heard back spasms. So I kind of know how that is. Sure. If it's spasms, I think he can come back for next week. That that does just seem like a lot of medical treatment on the plane ride and in the facility. Yeah, he's a tough dude. I, I do think he will be out there next week, but yeah. we'll see. Alrighty, then we'll leave it at that positive note, I suppose. Um, Arjun, thank you so much for joining me, man. Everybody in the chat, I appreciate you joining us. We will be around next week on probably Wednesday to preview the game against the Jaguars for the second time this year, first time in the postseason. I'm so happy that we're like, we knew the Chargers made the postseason. So it just kind of felt like we were just waiting for this to happen. Mm. Now it's here and we'll see who's even playing. Um, and I can't wait to be there and I might actually be at the game. So we'll see. All right, guys, thanks for joining us in the chat. Take care. And as always bolt up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.